everybody, and welcome to The Smell Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Boateng. This week, I want to wish all of you listeners who celebrate Christmas a very happy or a very Merry Christmas. Today, we have a special Christmas episode because I was able to interview Duncan Boak, who is the founder of Fifth Sense, the charity organization for those affected by smell and taste disorders. It's a special Christmas episode because I consider it a gift that I was able to talk with someone who's so involved in helping people who have smell and taste disorders find the information and camaraderie that they need. All right, so let's jump into the interview. Hi, Duncan. Welcome to the Smell Podcast. Thank you so much for coming on today. I'm so excited to interview you. Hi, Katie. Uh, yes, I'm Duncan Boak. I'm the founder of um, Fifth Sense, the charity for people affected by smell and taste disorders. So where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in um, a part of the country called North Lincolnshire in the UK. So can you tell us a little bit about your anosmia story? How did you come into this uh, realm? OK, so um, when I was 22 years old, um, and back then I was, a, I was a musician. I was more focused on my ears and not, not really paying very much attention to my, my nose, my sense of smell at all. I had an accident, um, fell down a flight of stairs, banged my head pretty hard, wound up in hospital for, for a week, came out of hospital thinking I was lucky to be alive. And it was, uh, it was, it was, it was shortly after that that I realised I, um, I couldn't smell anything. Was there a defining moment for you that you realized or was it kind of just gradually? It was, there was a particular, particular moment and it was after, um, it was the day I'd got out of hospital and I went back to my um, parents and my dad cooked dinner for us and he made, uh, made a risotto and I was sat eating this and I thought, this doesn't taste of anything. And that's when I realized I, I couldn't smell. So you did a presentation um, for the Monell Center back in February of 2017, and I saw it on YouTube. So in that presentation, you talked about how your doctor kind of gave you some bad news about if your sense of smell doesn't come back in six to 12 months, that it might, it's just probably gone. It might never come back. So what was that like for you? Well, to tell you the truth, I was a little bit um, blasé about it. Uh, in the context of what happened, I... I guess I, I, I sort of saw losing my sense of smell as a bit of a, oh, right, well, okay, well, that's a bit weird. Not heard of this happening before. Um, went to see my doctor and explained this. I said, oh, I've had this really bad accident, suffered quite a, quite a nasty head injury. You know, I considered, considered myself lucky to be alive. I can't smell anything. What's going on? And my doctor sat there and went, hmm, oh, yeah, okay. We've, I've heard of this happening before. As far as I know, it's, it's very rare. Uh, we, we know very little about the sense of smell, um, how it works. There's not really much help I can, uh, help I can give you, I'm afraid. Um, it might come back of its own accord. So that's where the six to 12 months came from. But if not, um, you'll just have to live with it. And yeah. at the time, I, 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 I just accepted that and, and sort of hoped for the best thought well you know maybe maybe in time things will change and the only really you know obvious thing for me at the time that I remember was the impact on eating and not to well as I as I used to say then taste things as well anymore mm -hmm. yeah so I'm I'm actually happy that you had a doctor who had heard of it before there's even sometimes where doctors aren't familiar with it at all 
No, no. I did a presentation a few weeks ago to a group of junior and foundation doctors here in the UK. And the feedback with that, from that was from some of the, the people I spoke to following that was, was really positive. And one of the things that I heard several times was, you know, I'd never even considered that you could lose your sense of smell before. Right. So also from just reading about your story and watching some videos of you online, you mentioned in that same presentation that you had read Molly Birnbaum's book, which is a season to taste and how that kind of helped you with your own anosmia journey. So what was that book like for you? What was finding that book? Uh, what did that mean to you? Well, for, for, you know, for years after the, after the accidents, I was aware that my life was not the same as it was before. Um, to, give you, to give you some context, okay, I'd never really consciously paid attention to my sense of smell when I did have it. It was something that was just there. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't really attribute any value to it. I didn't really pay attention to it. And then all of a sudden it wasn't there. And my attitude at the time was, well, you know, the things could have been a lot, lot worse. And that's what people were telling me as well. And I sort of, the, the whole smell loss thing, I kind of tried not to think about it. I, did, I just didn't engage with it. And, you know, as time went on, I just, I, I, I blocked it out really. And over the years, as I say, I, I, I felt that things were different, that I, I felt quite disconnected from life, from, from other people in, in ways that I couldn't really understand. And 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 a friend told me how she'd read so in 2011 this was so um, six years later that she'd read in a newspaper about this girl losing a sense of smell and I was like oh wow really and I found the newspaper article it was an extract from Seasons Taste I went out and bought the book and wow it was this absolute um, road to Damascus moment where for the first time. I was starting to learn about something that I'd not paid any attention to when I had it and paid even less attention to when I didn't have it and um, and started to learn that I wasn't one of a you know one in a million people um, to have this but it was it was it was more common and in that I read about um, a study that had been done by um, Professor Thomas Hummel in Germany about um, smell training um training retraining the sense of smell i tried this myself and i started writing on facebook about it and um, a friend of mine graphic designer friend sent me a message saying wow I've, I've been reading about what you're doing duncan and um the same thing happens to my brother he was he lost his sense of smell he was he was severely disabled um, by mm. it and could you send me a copy of the paper so i sent it to her and um, she went out and bought the essential oils um for her brother and he started trying this and a few weeks later she emailed me back and said he's fantastic he's been able to smell some of the smells he can now wear the smell of other smells in the air around him this is incredible and this wouldn't have happened if it hadn't been for you passing us on this information and I sort of thought you know I've learned something here about my own condition and I've been able to pass it on to someone else and that was quite a, that was quite, a, quite an important moment for me and yeah. you know, maybe I can do that um, for other people and by this point, I was also in contact with an ENT, in nurse and throat consultant surgeon called Carl Philpot, who runs what was the UK's first um, NHS smell and taste disorder clinic. He and I were talking 
and he was telling me how he'd been looking to get a patient support group set up. And I, I sort of said, well, I looked and realised there was no, uh, no organisation for this. And I thought, well, I could put my experience to good use in a much wider sense here. And I said, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take your support group, Carl, and I'll raise you one, and I'll, I'll, I'll set up the first charity for people with these conditions. And, and so Fifth Sense was born. Yeah, that's amazing. Does Dr. Philpot have an osmia himself, or is he just interested in the condition? No, no, he's, um, he's, got, he's got a functional sense of smell. He became interested in it when he was, I think, a junior doctor and he was working on a, a project with another consultant and doing some work with an olfactometer. And that's when he became interested and, and started to become aware of, you know, this is a this is a problem for people. And it's a problem that, you know, many medi- medical professionals, certainly at the time and well, still aren't that interested in. And, and it went, went on from there. How is your sense of smell now? Have you been able to recover any with smell training or is, is it still pretty yeah. limited? No, it's, um, it's, it's uh, limited to, to non-existent. Occasionally, um, very occasionally, I'll, I'll, I'll get a whiff of something very faintly or I'll, I'll think I can smell something. And I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, 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 we're not the only ones. I've spoken to lots of people who have this as well. You know, why this is, why is it that sort of something is able to find its way up there? And, yeah. I, I, you know, when I've talked to other people about this and they go, well, are you sure you're not imagining it? And it's, it's like, well, if it was, then why wouldn't it, why wouldn't it happen all the time? Right. And there, there have been occasions where, I mean, for example, um, a few years ago, I was walking along um, Regent's Canal in London, where I live. It was a it was May Bank holiday weekend. It was uh, I was walking along, sunny day, bright sunshine, and I suddenly thought, "Oh my God, what's that? I can I, I smell something." And I thought, you know, because I've got all these all these memories of smells stored in my brain, and I've liked them a lot, but. Um, I thought, what's that? And it was, um, I thought it smells like, um, it smells like pollen. It smells like pollen on a flower. I looked up and I was walking, I was, I was under a a tree covered in blossom and I thought, wow, that's it. I smelled it. And then it was really, really this incredibly profound moment. And, and what was weird was that particular, I, I could smell it or thought I could smell it for the next hour. And it's, it was almost like it had got stuck to my brain or, because there was no other images going into replaces, if you like, no other smells going into replaces. It just sort of lodged there. Sadly, that happens only very rarely. But I've yeah. had similar experiences. Uh, I have no sense of smell at all either. But sometimes I think I get an idea of a smell, but I don't know how to describe it. So I think that's what you're what you're saying as well. <laughs> well, I have I have things like that as well. And this has happened more over the, in the past maybe two or three years where I'll have a, a sensation or a, a feeling that I can smell something. But it is completely indistinct and it is so sort of low level that I don't even know if it's real or not. It's right, this sort right. of imag- potentially imagined or whether, whether there is something coming through, but almost like a background smell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the smell of, of, of just... The, the, the people having their, their houses I don't know um, but just sort of this weird sort of background indiscernible background smell I, 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 
but then yeah. it triggers it triggers memories and it's always me as a child and it's at, at my grandma's and um again really indistinct vague memories nothing specific but it's just childhood at my grandma's and and there's this warmth that comes with it there's this real sort of emotional kind of connection and i, I mean it's it is bizarre it is really bizarre because i don't even know if it's a re if there's anything real there but there is something that i really enjoy and it doesn't last very long but these moments that come along whatever they are whatever they mean i i, I quite enjoy it yeah that those sound really exciting i i haven't had that to the point where it triggers the memory but that sounds like it would be something to be really helpful for yeah, it's it's peculiar. Is all I can say. I don't know if, if any you know anyone who listens to this has similar experiences. If if you do, then by all means, write into Fifth Sense. Drop us an email: info at fifthsense.org.uk. Yeah, we'll see if anybody responds, and then yeah. you can find other people who have similar experiences to you. So you talked about uh, Dr. Philpott and him wanting to start that patient support group. And so that's kind of how that went for the birth of Fifth Sense. But can you tell us a little bit more about what Fifth Sense does and what it is? Sure. So we're, um, we're the charity for people affected by small taste disorders. We're a UK-based UK charity, but we provide information to people all over the world. I mean, you know, we looking at looking at the stats for our website. It's incredible, and people who contact us worldwide. So we provide uh, support, advice, um, and a signpost to potential diagnosis and treatment, because we have links with um, clinicians, particularly in the UK, who have knowledge and and an interest in um, patients with with smell test disorders. And a really important part of what we do is is around education, um, educating society on the importance of the sense of smell and taste so that people can understand what it means to suffer impairments of, of one or both of the senses. And really that's, that underpins everything that we do because going back to what we've, what we've said a little bit earlier, you can't expect someone to understand the loss of the sense of smell until they're sort of consciously aware of what the sense of smell does for them in the first place. And, you know, w within that, a, a key part of Fifth Sense's function is, is a platform, a credible platform for people like us to be able to tell their stories and, and, and hence educate others. And that's something that we've, we've, we're doing a lot of with the medical profession for example so running information days in partnership with um ear nose and throats uh, consultants so they can sit and listen to um patient stories and get understand you know firsthand the impact of smell and test disorders and as we're finding they they want to you know get behind our cause work with us to 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 do something about it and educate their peers how do you, so that sounds so amazing, all of those initiatives and things like that, but how did you know how to start? I'm curious in like your process, like how did you know who to talk to or, or what you should do um, in order to start Fifth Sense? So I think the, uh, the starting point 
for me was about creating a resource, uh, a, an organisation that I wished had been there for me when I'd uh, when I'd lost my sense of smell. And so, firstly, it was about creating um, a body of information on smell and taste and smell and taste disorders that was backed by an expert. So, obviously, starting to work with Carl Philpot was was absolutely crucial. And then from that, starting to starting to build um, a community. So organizing events to bring people together, pulling together information and send, you know, sending it out to people. And in terms of the, 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 the more structural side of things, of, of, of starting a charity, well, you know, one of the fantastic things that we have access to is the, the internet. There's a lot of information available, with lots of resources and an organization in the UK called the Charities Commission. So, and, you know, it, it, it was an incremental process. I'm just wondering because as far as I know, there's not uh, a similar type of charity in the United States. So I think it's high time that we get working on that. <laughs> no, no. And uh, I mean, one day, obviously, it would be, be great if the great if Fifth Sense could um, be established there. Yeah. Certainly, um, you know, we do, we provide, provide information to a lot of people. Um, in the states, we have lots of uh, people on our mailing list, and our work with the, the University of Florida Center for Smell and Taste means that our, our our reach there is growing. Yeah. So, what kind of events do you have now for people who live in the UK? You mentioned kind of building a community. So, do you have regular, like, social gatherings for people who have smell and taste disorders? So yeah, we do. We um, since two thousand thirteen, we've organised um, Fifth Sense members conferences. So larger scale events, providing information and support um, to people with uh, smell and taste disorders. And then we've tried to um, create more localised events as well. So we've we've got a couple, we've got some fantastic volunteers. I'd like to mention Julie, who's based um, in Cupar in Scotland who uh, runs a, a support group there and organises get-togethers for, for people um, to come together and, and, and share experiences and, and, and meet up. And then also uh, Joanne in, in, in Newcastle, where we're developing a great relationship with clinicians there locally and looking at how we can provide support and on a, on a local level to patients. And again, there are regular, Joanne organises regular meetups. And it's about it's about doing you know that one of the challenges of a small charity running a small charity is resource and you're you know relying on on, on people people's time and you know we'd uh, we'd love to be doing more things like that. Yeah, is Fifth Sense your full time job? No, no, I have a full time job and I uh, chair the board of trustees of Fifth Sense and okay. I do around uh, around around a job okay wow that's a lot of work <laughs> um Keeps so, me busy. yeah for, for what, sure. I, what i would say is that i would not be able to do this without um the support of um, a fantastic group of volunteers all of whom are fifth sense members people you know people who are affected by smell and taste disorder themselves and uh, the rest of the board of trust trustees, 
who um, have got some fantastic expertise in different areas between them. So yeah, this is certainly not a um, it's certainly not a one man band. There are some fantastic people involved, and yeah, it's it's a, it's a team effort. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Smell Taste Twenty Seventeen conference? Um, I saw information about that online, and I'm just curious, how did that get started, and is there going to be another conference like that in the future? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to ask. I'm, I'm going to answer your last question first. There is going to be another um, smell taste uh, next year. Smell taste 2019, the 17th to 19th of May in Gainesville, Florida, and smell taste. Um, smell taste 2017 came about as a result of me connecting to um, Stephen Munger, the uh, director of the University of Florida Center of Smell and Taste. And Steve and I um, started talking yeah, back in 2015 and, and things went on from there. And w- we decided to, to get together and, and, and organise and deliver the, the first large scale support education event for patients in the United States based on, based on the model of um, our Fifth Sense, U- the UK members conferences we've done um, for several years and that's very much about, um, you know, Smell Taste 2019. It's an opportunity for anyone with a smell taste disorder to come together and, and learn more about the condition, whether from clinicians, scientists, and importantly, each other, and find um, ways of, of better, coping, better coping with it. Smell Taste 2017 was a real success, and... You know, one of the exciting things that came out of that was the establishment of a um, an olfactory disorders clinical program at the University of Florida, and yeah, the the the, the relationship we've got with the um, with Steve and the University of Florida Center of Smell and Taste is 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 a really fantastic one. They're they're one of the world's leading um, chemosensory science research centers, and you know, throughout my um, dealings with them, they've been truly committed to working with and supporting patients and encouraging their peers in the in the research scientific research communities to do the same so is anyone is anyone um allowed or i guess is anyone welcome to attend the smell taste 2019 conference or is it specifically for scientists no no so um smell taste is aimed at patients so It's it's um, an opportunity for, for people to come along and meet and listen to talks from clinicians, scientists. It's about bringing together. And this you know this was the the, the model that that, that we, we did with the um, first fifth sense conferences. It's about bringing together different types of expertise. So the clinicians who um, are diagnosing and treating patients where such treatment exists. So Carl Philpott, for example, in the UK, um, Jeb Justice at the University of University of Florida, scientists and 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 also patients and patient advocates. And that's where Fifth Sense comes into Smell Taste 2019. We'll be uh, bringing our experience of um, supporting and engaging with patients and talking about um, some of the things that we're doing um, to help people, such as our work with our, our partners, Flavor Active. 
So speaking of that partnership with Flavor Active, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Sure. So, yeah, the, our partnership with Flavor Active is something I'm really, really proud of. Um, Flavor Active um, are a company who train tasting panels in the beverage industry. So the people at big um, beverage companies who taste products day in, day out to make sure they taste the same, they're consistent, Flavor Active, train those people to do that, train people to become better tasters um, using their own range of tastes and flavours. And they approached us in, in 2014 because they, they'd they reached a point in their evolution as a company where they wanted to start working with a charity, and a charity related to their area of work, and they, they heard about us and, and got in touch. And we had... Um, we had you know, new discussions at the beginning about different ways in which they may be able to help and support us. And the thing that we 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 alighted on was how we could how their expertise could help people we represent to potentially taste um, be able to taste food and drink better. So we're working with um, Flavor Active to um, develop a taste training guide and kit to help people who have lost the sense of smell um, make the most of any remaining um, ability to taste. And this comes from, this comes from my own experience, um, partly, because after losing my sense of smell, for years people used to say, oh, Duncan, you know, has your, has your, has your sense of smell come back? And I go, no, no. And uh, they'd say, so, y- y- can, you, can you taste anything? And I used to say, well, I can, I can taste a bit and was never really sure what, um, what, what that bit was. But I knew I could still taste, taste something. And after starting Fifth Sense um, or in the process of starting Fifth Sense, I was doing a lot of reading about smell and taste and how they work. And this was for the first time I started to become aware of, well, the sense of taste is very much linked to the sense of smell, but mm-hmm. it's separate. Yeah. And... Um, Whilst I uh, I can't smell, and therefore I can't detect much of the the, the the flavor components of food and drink, I can still detect what comes from the taste buds in the mouth. So the basic taste being sweet, sour, salty, bitter, umami. And I was introduced to this by a, a, a guy I met who's become a good friend, Dave, Dave Hart, um, who uh, used to be a food scientist. And um, he got me to, he took me to meet a friend of his, Alex, who's a barista. Um, they got me to try two different espressos, see if I could taste the difference. And I was like, well, yeah, I'll give it a go. But I um, wasn't expecting to, to be able to discern any difference at all. And I, I tried them both and I could. There was, a, there was a real, real difference between the two. And one was much, I said, this one's much more bitter that one's almost, almost, it's, it's got sort of a, a sour element. It's like someone squeezed a lemon into it. And Dave said, basically, Duncan, what you, the way you've described that is pretty much what any, any taster would. And that was when I started to realize that actually I can, I, I can, I can, I can taste. And, and I then started trying all sorts of different things. I started buying, going to the supermarket and buying two of, two of everything. And, 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 a, a you know tasting you know uh, item a and tasting item b to see if i could taste the difference and and it was this process of essentially retraining my brain i guess and um, mm-hmm. started to focus very much on 
basic taste elements, which don't, you know, don't happen in isolation. You know, it's not like there's when you have one food and that's got bitterness in it. That's all it's got in it. It's about starting to recognize the different basic tastes and different levels and, and, and balances of them in different food and drinks. And going back to the work we're doing with Flavor Active, the technology and expertise that they have uh, can enable us, enable us to develop something to hopefully help other um, people with olfactory loss. Um, go through the same process and we've we're just about to start um, the third stage of a pilot we're doing with them and we've had some really fantastic feedback from the first two stages I mean there's 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 one chap in particular who has had massive benefit from it and it's really 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 opened him up to um to different to different and new trying new foods and drinks he's got a huge amount a huge amount from it and i really hope we can we can we can do more of the same um for others so uh yeah it's really exciting really exciting uh, project very proud of it will flavor active be present at the conference in in gainesville um i don't think they'll be able to be present um at the conference but I will be um, presenting a bit more on the work that we're doing with them, and I'll be hoping to run a little demo, little tasting demonstration as well. We did this at our um, members conference in the UK last year, and that that went quite well. So, yeah, something to uh, something to look forward to. Is the demonstration for people who have anosmia? Or is it for people who have anosmia and people who have a normal sense of smell as well? Well, it's um, it's for either or, really. It's really interesting because um, a few years ago, in fact, the very first Fit Sense conference, I did a demo there with, it was Carl Philpott and um, Fit Sense members, uh, Tom, Tom Lawton. So Carl, who's got a normal sense of smell, and Tom, who's um, got uh, impaired olfactory function. And I did this sort of blindfold taste test with them. And the person who was better at identifying the different basic tastes, which I kept adding to this this, this dish I was make, making, was Tom. Interesting. Yeah, so someone who's, who's become used to uh, focusing on basic tastes, whereas Carl, who's got a functional sense of smell and is therefore less aware of basic tastes he was he he he, he, he didn't identify any of them I was that's putting, so interesting <laughs> I, put, I put half a teaspoon of salt into this um into this uh this this um dip i was making at one point and he he, he couldn't he, he couldn't tell that is really that's so fascinating to me <laughs> no. i'm really i'm really hoping that i'll be able to attend the conference so it'll be great to uh, get to meet you in person I hope you will as well. It'd be great to meet you too, Katie. Yeah, please. By all means, my, come on. My sister lives in Tallahassee, so I can uh, kind of wrangle it in with a visit over there as well. There you go. You've got the perfect perfect excuse to come over. <laughs> so what's... Along as well. Yeah, I asked her if she can come, so we'll see. I hope that she can attend. So what's next for Fifth Sense? Do you have any major projects or initiatives coming up? Um, the important thing for us at the moment is thinking about the um, sustainability of the organisation and um, securing our future. Um, we've um, put together a new strategic plan um, this year, which isn't isn't publicly available yet, um, but that is informing a um, a funding bid 
that we are we are currently working on, which I can't say too much more about at the moment. But yeah, that's currently the uh, our, our our main priority. And I mean, certainly, certainly a big part of what we um, are con- going to continue to do going forwards is this, you know, the educational um, aspects and particularly educating and and growing awareness within the uh, medical profession that's it's that's one of the things that we've you know we've over and over again we hear from people who have have gone to see the doctor and got no useful advice no useful support and you know as 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 lots of testimonials from our members show there are people that can uh, potentially be helped um, but they're just not able to get uh, access to to a clinician um, with knowledge and, and, and experience. And that's something that really needs to change. So if listeners are interested in following the progress of Fifth Sense, if they're interested in donating to your work and supporting you, how can they do that? Uh, they can do that by um, going to our website, uh, www.fifthsense.org.uk. And that's fifth, as in F-I-F-T-H, sense.org.uk. We're on social media as well. Our Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash fifth sense UK. And we're also on Twitter as, as um, at fifth sense UK. Okay, so my final question for you, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us? I'd just really like to end by um, saying a huge thank you to all our, all our members, um, supporters, donors, the, the the fantastic people we've got professional relationships with, Steve Munger at the University of Florida, for example, um, clinicians that we work with, for their continued support of our cause. I established Fifth Sense as a community, primarily for people affected by small intestine disorders, but as a community that can welcome anyone with an interest in this, this field into it. And yeah, looking forward to um, continued continuing to work with, with you in the new year. Thank you. Thank you so much for talking with me today. No problem at all. Thank you very much, Katie. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with Duncan, you can do so on social media sites by searching for Fifth Sense. You can find information about them by visiting fifthsense.org.uk. And if you are interested in watching that YouTube video that I mentioned at the beginning of our interview, I'll make sure that I include the link in the episode description. Also, if you've experienced something similar to what Duncan was describing about how smells can trigger memories, please don't forget to reach out and share that with him via email. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. What topics would you like to see covered in the future? I'm very interested in doing some interviews with people who have other types of smell disorders besides anosmia. I want to make sure that I'm representing everybody's smell disorder stories. So if you have a story that you'd like to share, or if you'd like to be interviewed for the podcast, please send me an email at thesmellpodcast at gmail.com. Remember that you can follow the podcast on Twitter at The Smell Podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe to The Smell Podcast. Reviews are very helpful because they allow others to find the podcast when they search in iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to financially support the podcast, you can now do so by clicking on the link in the episode description. Merry Christmas, everyone, and until next time, have a great day.